You're listening to Building Resilient Health Infrastructure with Asper, a podcast from the HHS Asper Critical Infrastructure Protection Division. If you have any questions about this episode, please email us at cip at hhs.gov. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Eltringham, a program analyst within the Critical Infrastructure Protection Division of HHS Asper, or the SIP division, as we call it. I'm joined by our division director, Dr. Laura Wolf. How are you, Dr. Wolf? Great. How are you, Mike? I'm great. Today's question in our, our episode of the podcast, what is healthcare and public health critical infrastructure? So last time, if you listen to our last episode, we defined just general critical infrastructure. Today, we're going to talk about our field of particular expertise, which is the healthcare and public health sector critical infrastructure. So to start, let's kind of take it to a, let's just talk about maybe a hypothetical story or an example of of an individual who may need healthcare and, and what are the different aspects of the healthcare? Because there's, I think a lot of folks hear the term healthcare and public health critical infrastructure and they think, oh, well, hospitals are critical. That's pretty much it. But I think it's a lot more than the average person might think. So can you talk about maybe an example of all the different ways one person might be impacted by healthcare and public health critical infrastructure? Absolutely, it's broader than hospitals, and this is one of my favorite questions uh, to answer. So if, if you picture a scenario of just going to the hospital for a simple procedure or a test, uh, once, so you walk in a door, first of all, uh, you're greeted by staff, you're told where to go, um, you probably fill out insurance forms for the procedure to be, to be paid for, uh, your procedure is performed with equipment and supplies. Um, and when it's over, you may need a prescription and you leave the hospital and, and go to a pharmacy for a prescription. Just in that quick interaction, you've been touched by all of healthcare and public health critical infrastructure. Yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting to think about not just because, you know, people think of infrastructure and they immediately think of physical things the building but it's not it's not all physical and i think the concept that you like to use to describe it uh is something called the four s's the first thing i want to ask you did you come up with this or did somebody else i did not because i don't want us to get sued no i I didn't it's a common term uh, used a lot for for setting up disaster medical responses or i I think it's 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 a broad term yeah and but it's it applies to us so Stuff, staff, systems, and space. Let's walk through each one. Sure. Stuff. So whenever we need supplies um, for, for healthcare, and the healthcare supply chain is complex and diverse and works in a just-in-time manner, so there are a lot of risks uh, to that supply chain. There are a lot of examples where we've had um, medical device or uh, pharmaceutical shortages uh, over the years, and so our partnership works to strengthen that system um, and understand it and have our community understand where some of the threats to that system might impact them. Um, so, so stuff, I think, encompasses pharmaceuticals, medical devices, the equipment uh, needed to set up office space for the healthcare sector. Staff. Now, this one sounds self-explanatory, but I think even this one's broader than, than folks might realize because you think staff and you think hospital staff, which is true. They are critical. But then aren't there other operators within healthcare and public health, like maybe the truck driver who drives the 
the supply truck of, of medical materials, that kind of thing as well. Absolutely. It's incredibly diverse. And, you know, healthcare and public health are growing uh, fields uh, for, for employment. And so it's, it's pretty vast. But if you think about it, uh, a lot of the infrastructure would not function without staff. And we have staffing challenges in a variety of scenarios. Every year when there's a, a seasonal influenza um, uh, going around, you lose part of the staff at doctor's offices and at hospitals. And that's a challenge in and of itself, especially when it's compounded by a supply shortage. Uh, so that's always a challenge. Um, another example of needed staff, if we look at one of the systems we worry about, cyber systems, um, cyber expertise is often sought in healthcare institutions and we don't always have a cyber professional at those institutions, but that's really important for us as well. So thinking about the people that keep this industry going. The next one, systems. Systems, so again, this could mean uh, anything, but the, a couple of the systems that we really focus on that I've already mentioned are supply chain and cyber. They are inter interdependent with other uh, sectors of critical infrastructure. We need communications to be working in order for you to order a product or for a, a doctor to send uh, a pharmaceutical order to a pharmacy or for your health plan to be billed, your health records to be, to be available. So these systems are really crucial to our receiving the kind of care that we expect and our records to be available whenever we need them. And the maintenance of those systems um, uh, is challenging and there are a lot of threats to those systems that we think about. The last S stands for space. Uh, and that's not the NASA space. It's the. Uh, it's kind of a. It's, it's maybe a different way to describe something that people might more commonly look to as as infrastructure. The facilities, right? Although we do think about space. Space weather is is a threat to us. Uh, um, some space weather could cause uh, long-term power outages in various places. Sure. So we do think about that space. But you're right. In the four S's, this space. Is, are the actual facilities and the structures that we are looking at. And one of the areas we're concerned about is uh, resilience to extreme weather. Uh, as we're seeing climate change is changing how we experience weather, there are longer term floods, there's erosion, uh, there's extreme winds that are impacting our facilities. And so we work with partners to identify best practices for recovering from an experience like a major hurricane or even um, advising on when you're building a new structure, how to make it most resilient to last over uh, multiple decades that that facility is going to be around. One way we look at the, the healthcare and public health sector and in future episodes, we'll go a little deeper onto you know, our sector partnership and the partners that make up those, but could you touch on the various subsectors that we focus on within our, uh, our sector? Absolutely, so we look from cradle to grave, literally, uh, for uh, the partners that we work with in infrastructure protection. So the majority of the partners um, in our councils um, come to us from the direct patient care subsector. So this includes anything with, with hands-on patients, so hospitals, ambulatory care centers, dialysis, long-term care centers, um, any of those institutions. Then we have medical materials, which looks at 
pharmaceutical and uh, med surge supplies. We have health plans and payers. Uh, major insurance uh, plans are, are our partners in that subsector. Uh, we have the pharmaceuticals, labs, and blood subsector, which comes uh, to be very critical during responses to make sure that uh, pharmacies are prepared for disasters, that labs can do testing they need to, and that blood is available uh, during response. Then uh, we also have health IT, uh, which encompasses all of our uh, partners that either work to secure networks or provide uh, some of the, the tools that our partners use to share health information um, across the sector. And finally, as I said, cradle to grave, we also have a subsector of mass fatality um, managers, a lot of funeral director associations. And where, where this subsector played a critical role with us was um, in, in preparing for a potential Ebola uh, event across the country. How would, how would we deal with highly infectious diseases and, and potentially large uh, numbers of, of fatalities? So that's on the private sector side. On our government side, uh, we have federal program offices like ours, uh, our partners at CDC and CMS, all the three-letter agencies, FDA as another big partner, all the agencies that have to do with, with critical infrastructure in the private sector. And then our public health community that includes some federal partners, but also our uh, partners at the state level, uh, at the county level, and even at the, the tribal and territorial level. So we, we run the, the full spectrum of healthcare and then make sure that our government and public health partners are involved as well. So you touched on our, where our partners come from, you know, the, the who of who we work with, but how do we work with them? You're gonna have to tune in next time, guys, because that's our episode. We wanna leave you wanting more. <laughs> Gotta give you the little tease. Uh, so we'll cover that in our next episode, uh, talking about our healthcare and public health sector partnership, how we work with our partners, uh, the, the collaboration process, the communication process in both steady state and emergency response uh, in ways to help save lives and, and uh, protect Americans. So that's our episode. And thanks for listening, everyone. As always, uh, please uh, email us if you have any questions on the HBH Sector Partnership or anything you heard on this episode. You can email us at cip at hhs.gov. That's cip, sip, at hhs.gov. And again, any questions you might have or feedback on the podcast, we'd love to hear it. Thanks again for another great episode, Laura. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, everyone, for listening.